Yo, 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 welcome back everyone to another episode of the Anything and Everything podcast. We are back once again for Andor episode 4, breakdown and review. And Once again, you know the deal across the table from me today. We got the man, Big Tim, the dinosaur man. Go ahead and say what's up. Hello. Good evening to everybody or good morning or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. We're pleased to have you join us for another episode where we will break down the latest and the greatest of Andor Episode 4. Hey Amen. Uh, so, before we hop right into this thing, we're probably not going to have any ad breaks in this episode. We don't have a ton to cover. We have a lot of bullet points, but not a ton to cover. So, just going to give a quick shout out right before we even get started to, you know... The best sponsor around, the best production company out there, our studio, Colormatic Studios, who always hook us up, set us straight. We got, we got, they got us some snacks today. Got us a nice case at Dr Pepper. Got us hooked up, and uh, yeah, man, they got us some nice merch as always. And if you guys want to pick anything up for yourself, whether it's anything and everything or Colormatic Studios, you guys can find that over on our Twitter page. But other than that, dude, and our episode four. A lot of cool stuff to see. Uh, not a ton of action this episode, but it, it's getting it's getting better. I think this was better than the last episodes. Uh, if you combined all the action and like suspense from the first three episodes, and you combined it in one episode, it would be episode four. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot of cool little details here and there that if you're not really listening to the audio and you're listening to the conversations, you're gonna miss. And I'm telling you, when we tell you some of the bullet points we have here, you're going to be like, wow, wait, they talked about this? Or we connected this to that? Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of cool things here that are linking, starting to link pieces together here and there. Kind of give you like a better timeline of what's going on in the galaxy. And what I do like about Andor right now is that it's giving us like more of an Imperial perspective. Yeah, I, I like it because it's giving us the Imperial perspective, whereas we've always had the Rebellion perspective, which it's giving us that as well, but it's also giving us what's going on inside the you know the Empire, like what's really going on there, but it's also giving us just a broader view of what's happening in the galaxy outside of just like the Force and Luke and, you know, Ezra and all that, like during this time period and, you know, uh, Obi-Wan or any of these people. So it's really giving us a really good timeline, and so we've, we've had shows now... Five years after uh, Revenge of the Sith. So that's five BB... No, 15, 10 BBY? Yeah, so this... Um, if I'm not mistaken, this Andor is happening five years after the events of Obi-Wan. Yeah, so we've had a show 10 BBY, 5 BBY, and then obviously we've had Rebels, which takes up like almost that entire area. Rebels Season 1 is about to start right now. Um going into like 4 BBY. It's like 5 BBY into 4 BBY is when Rebels Season 1 takes place. So I like how they're kind of filling in these gaps like every five years, kind of letting us check in because Jedi Fallen Order is five years after. Obi-Wan is five years after that. This show is five years after that. And then, you know, uh, Rogue One is five years after this show. So it's like it's really bridging the gap really well. And uh, Bad Batch is going to fill in the gap, hopefully close up to 5 BBY. And then Jedi Fallen Order 2, or Jedi Survivor, I guess is what it's called, is going to fill in around Kenobi as well. So, timeline-wise, we're getting a lot of filling in by uh, Disney. It could be good or bad. We'll see how it goes. But right now, I think Andor's doing uh, a pretty good job. And like you said, they are doing 
uh, a good job at showing us the Empire's perspective uh, in a in a different type, a different tonal series. Yeah, you're, like you're not seeing like you're not seeing Darth Vader on the bridge of his his Star Destroyer Mm-mm. barking orders and you know telling his officers what to do. You're getting the everyday life of Imperial officers in the security bureau going over a briefing so we have to hear kind of the ins and outs of the Empire, what's going on, what's plaguing, what sector, and so on and so on. There's like there's like I said it's just a it's a different piece of the puzzle. Yeah, we're definitely getting a lot of uh I I like that we're getting different perspectives from different like characters who well, obviously we've never had, but the only really I think for me personally, the only really good uh, look into the Empire that we've had was in Rebels with uh, Agent Callus, who was an ISB officer, uh, and he he defected. Event- he he became a Rebel spy for them, and then he eventually defected to uh, the Rebels. Spoiler for Rebels if you haven't seen it, but um, yeah. So that's really the only good look we've had into like Imperial day to day kind of. Life and this show, hopefully, it has started to uh, with this episode, but hopefully, in the following eight episodes, continues to show us the Empire's day to day BS. Yeah, so I mean, I think, I think we're just we're starting to like what we're seeing from Andor. Um, this episode, while not really any action, just a lot of detail, a lot of like, um, just a lot of information going out. Like I said, that you if you didn't pay attention, you're gonna miss it. And I mean, let's let's talk about a couple of those things now. Um, there's a scene where Lutheran is back on Coruscant, and he has his his second persona going on. He's the collector of Coruscant. Yeah. You, know, he, you see Mon Mothma pulling up with her new driver, which was that was very very clearly on. mentioned that uh, by uh, Lutheran and his assistant that is it is a new driver. Yeah, and then uh, um, a little bit later when they go into the back, we actually find out that. She believes I'm being spied on. Like they're 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 cracking yeah, down. Yeah, like they're starting to like corner implying. her. They 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 have like her eye, their eyes set on my Mothma that she's a part of the rebellion. She's the mother yeah. of the rebellion, which and obviously we know is true. We know it's true you know, based off and, of what future events. And so it, it, when they say like, "Oh, I'm being like spied on," whatever, they pan to the driver, which obviously implies he's a spy for. The whoever Empire. the yeah, ISP the or whatever the empire is keeping their eyes on my mothma uh, but um what, what, so much cool shit in there too yeah like so a couple things that me and jay noticed here um Mandal- a mandalorian chess piece front and center in the shop yeah um, and pretty it, cool it's interesting cuz it's like it's all silver like the only all silver armor we've seen that's mandalorian was mandos or bovas when they, i mean sorry jangos when when he was a younger man yeah, it was like it was like a silver blue. It had blue on know. it, but this but is more blue pure on the shoulders. Silver. Yeah, pure silver across the chest. And yeah. uh, at first, I looked at, I was like, oh, that could just be any chest piece. But then I looked at the center emblem, and that is a Mandalorian uh, emblem there. So definitely Mandalorian chest piece there, which is really cool to see. Like just as, as somebody who loved Rebels, which focused a lot on Mandalorians as well as Clone Wars, fo- focused a lot on the Mandalorians, at least in season seven did. I love seeing Mandalorian armor. It's just, there is so much variety in it. And, like, the Mandalorian culture itself, they could do an entire show about Mandalorians, and they could just span from, like, the beginning of time until long after the Empire and the First Order, because there's just so much to cover with them. And I love seeing the the little toss in here in the collector's, like, vault of shit. It's really, really cool. Well, I mean, the... uh, I mean, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong here. Don't crucify me, everybody. But I believe, if I'm mistaken... 
Mandalorians were like the original like protagonists or antagonists of the Jedi, right? Um, yeah. So like there was like the Sith Empire, which like was literally like the Empire, but just full of Sith and Sith acolytes and Sith assassins, where they had just like hundreds of Sith. But the problem with them is that they just kept killing each other. So, like, the Jedi never really had to do anything. They could just kind of let them fight each other, and eventually they kill each other off, uh, kind of, or almost fully kill each other off. And so, the, but yes, the Mandalorians, they have a giant, like, war with the Jedi, and, like, the reason that, you know, they're such great warriors in the galaxy is because they literally spent hundreds of years fighting the Jedi, and it's, it's you know, it's really cool to see that tie-in throw in here because... They're a warrior culture, so it's really, you know, it's interesting to see that. Uh, but one more thing is the armor that's in the back behind them in a, in a couple of shots. It's this giant, uh, you know, very tall, black, all black armor with like a couple touches of maybe gold, I think, were in there. Either gold or red or something like that with like this weird headpiece. But a cool ass mask. I don't know if you saw the mask. It was sick looking. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely peeked the mask. But you know, we were kind of as soon as we saw it, I kind of looked at him and I was just like, Sith armor, Sith armor? <laughs> Sith armor? ancient Sith armor. Because it, it looks like sick. it looks like nothing we've seen before. At least not in the, I mean, live action or anything from, anything that's considered canon right now from from Disney. Uh, so maybe it's uh, maybe we, we see it's like a like a ancient Sith armor or something that you know the collector picked up along the way or something. I don't know. It could be you know could be, be something cool. You know, it'd be sick if they show us that armor and then in the acolyte, which I don't know if it's still confirmed to be happening. I'm pretty sure it is. Which is the show about like the ancient, not like ancient, but like old, like right before the High Republic. It's a it's if we saw the armor that same armor in that movie or show whatever I forget what it's, I think it's a movie but that would be cool to see it in there too just to have a, a nice little tie in like you know this guy got a hold of this armor of this like character from a, a show that we're also gonna get from them uh, but it, it could also be cool if it was just an old ass piece of Sith ancient armor like that would just be sick either way I don't really care how they tie it in but um, just make, that, just make it something cool right like when Sorry I talk about when it. I. When I first saw it, I was like, "That's not Mandalorian armor. Like, that just doesn't. It doesn't have the look. It doesn't have the, the headpiece wasn't right. It's just. It's just. I'm not gonna lie. Like when I looked at, it, I was like, "This looks evil." But then there was another. There was another helmet that was there. We didn't talk. We didn't put this down in the notes. But there was another helmet that was there. It kind of looked like Spartanish, with like the the thing down the back in the middle of it, like kind of like a mullet, but like a mohawk mullet. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely peeped that. I don't I'm know not what sure that what is. Could have been. That could be like ancient um, Mandalorian armor as well. But I don't. I don't know for sure, so I'm not going to say yes or no whether it is. Well, like, but the chest like, piece was definitely Mandalorian. Even some of the modern Mandalorians kind of had that Spartan-looking helmet. So maybe they it do. was a, it, it, divul- it not divulged, but evolved into that. Maybe. You know. Possible. Who knows? But th- this guy, Luthen Rael, which is his real name, I get, or his fake name, whatever you want it's it's to... Reb- it's his rebel name. We'll, we'll use that for right well, now. Well, no, it's, it's, his, it's his collector name because she calls him that in front of the driver. Oh, okay. Then maybe it is his so real name. I mean, because he maybe he just uses it. I don't well, know. he introduces himself as Lutheran to uh, Andor. Does when they he? Were on, okay. Yeah. When they were, they were on um, uh, Kesaya or Kesa or I can't remember the name of it. Ferris. Sorry. Oh, Ferris. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's his name, and he's just like in his normal life. He's like this collector of ancient artifacts of just. I mean, he says he has a lot of shit. There's a lot of cool. Like they show a lot of stuff, but. A lot of it, like, we couldn't really, in the moment, identify. Maybe if we go back and, like, scan the scene again, we'll find more. 
but and we'll talk about it next episode if we do. But I, I don't I don't know. Maybe they'll touch on it more next episode as well. Um, but uh, you know he's leading this double life. Uh, yeah, and just a lot of mention of like these ancient artifacts, and he's 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 living a double life. And yeah, it's um, I don't know. Like we, there's no mention of Lutheran in the, I guess, future of Star Wars. At least like the stuff we have now. Like yeah. there's no mention of him in Rogue One. There's which is basically it's essentially just about the you know the rebellion itself. Yeah. There's no mention of him in any of the sequel trilogy or the you know he, obviously he'd be or... dead by. You know the the sequel sequel trilogy. Yeah. So something happens to him. It has to because you know he if if he was this important character, you'd probably hear about him in these like, yeah, next couple episodes. So. I mean, he might be an important we'll, character, we'll but he might be a background player who just ends up dying in the crossfire or something. But yeah, like you know, eventually the Empire's gonna catch him. At least that's what, yeah, kind of what like be, right? where we're, we're gonna kind of conclude here. But you know, Luthen is leading this double life and. You know, he, he's kind of this, this leader, this background leader of this group of misfits um, on, uh, I don't remember, I can't remember the name, Aldia or something? Altharian? Um, Altharian? Whatever Althera. that planet was, I don't know. but Something with an A. Yeah, it's something with like A-D-H-L-I-A, I think, or something like that. Um, so he's kind of like this background leader of this group of seven misfits, basically. They're just kind of thrown together group. Uh, that they're like supposed to be on this mission, but it's super secret. Nobody knows about it. Yeah, it's, it, it just some diehards for the rebellion. So yeah. we get um, this group of shepherds, as they disguise themselves as, sitting in the mountains. Um, and as far as Andor is aware, it's just to steal some payroll. That's yeah, it. And that's all Luthen tells them. Oh yeah, we're just gonna steal some payroll from this. Uh, what a garrison from this garrison. And he's and like, me- right, meanwhile, yeah, it's a fully operational imperial airfield. Yeah. Um, that uh, only has a regiment of stormtroopers. Yeah. I mean, yeah so seven people are going to take over. Eight, with if you include Cassian, going to take over this airfield and steal some shit. And then they find out later that they're stealing a little more than just payroll. Yeah, they're raiding the armory. And then taking an entire and taking ship. The payroll and <laughs> stealing their freighter. It's uh, kind of crazy. You know, the op- one of the opening shots of you see of this planet they're on is Tie Fighters coming screaming over the uh, yeah they they come the in mountain. the very bottom of the shot which was in the trailers we talked about that in our uh, pre-show but you know they come into that corner and then they disappear for like five seconds and then you're as they fly by and you're just like damn that's sick and like that's one of the things I want to see more of like that. Like I just want to see more of that. Like not not even just action, just more of that. I that typhoon noise is just mm, so crisp. I love it. Uh, but they these group of misfits. They also uh, they're kind of introduced because a guy is sleeping on against a rock, and the other dude comes up and puts a blaster against his chin, wakes him up, and starts telling him, "Oh, boom, boom! You fell asleep on on you know guard duty. All your men are dead. They slit their throats." And then he makes a comment about Saw Gerrera, and I couldn't catch exactly what he said, because um, actually I am having a no, ear he, problem. Um, <laughs> so he mentioned he said none of this would fly with Saul Gerrera. He would put your head on a pike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And so, he mentioned a couple. I can't remember the names, but he mentioned a couple other rebel leaders, um, like a couple, maybe I guess a, a couple other Saul Gerrera type of uh, people. I'd have to rewatch the episode to get you the rest of the names. Yeah. But Saul Gerrera is the one that kind of popped um, to me. Because I mean, we know Saul Guerrero. like we've heard his name, we've seen him in a lot of, of forms. But you know, kind of what this means, and this is something I pointed out to Jay in our, our kind of pre-show, is that 
at this time and five BBY, the rebellion is starting to organize. You know, the this random group of misfits know who Saul Guerrera is. So that means the rebellion is organizing. The rebellion is communicating with one another. You know, they're starting to synchronize attacks and whatnot. And the antagonist, the new antagonist, um, uh, what uh, Deidre Miro. Deidre Miro. Uh, she points this out to her supervisors that they're starting to get repeated attacks, same type of attacks. You know, yeah, same tactics you know, being used, everything. And he's so, just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of like, that's what I was telling him about. I was like, you know, by 5BBY, you know, the rebellion started to organize because these random group know Saul Guerrero, you know, the empire is starting to notice certain trends and attacks and stuff yep. like that. So there's, um, there's and some, there's some things brewing. I think we're going to see maybe some more fireworks later in the season. Yeah. So like we see this, the, you know, the, the, we, we know the rebellion is beginning to organize around this time based on rebels and based on. Uh, just other forms that we know, and just the, the way the timeline is set up, it just it has to be right. Um, but you know, Deidre again knows about this rebellion starting, tells her supervisors, but they're just not on board yet. They they they, they said, listen, we, we only work on factual. You know, you need to bring us the facts, prove it to us in paper, and then we'll believe it. And she just at this moment, it's just a gut feeling, and she's right. Her gut feeling now, is right. If you know, you guys aren't nerds like us. You know what we're gonna tell you. So the the person we're talking about, Deidre Moore, uh, Moro. I can't remember. Damn, I can't remember. Last Miro. Name. Miro. Uh, she is the blonde imperial officer. Yeah. Uh, in the the briefing room. So just so you guys have a face to a name. Yeah. Just yeah. There you go. So, um, but yeah, she's the one who who brings up to the you know these people. You know this is so we find also we found out I forgot to put this on the notes, but it just popped in my head. She's the. Uh, the officer or the supervisor who's in charge of the sector where Andor stole the little box from. So he stole it from her sector and took it to Merlena One, where eventually it gets uh, lost by Andor and Luthen in the first or second episode. I think that is so. Uh, third episode. Oh, but yeah, it gets lost yes, in the third, third episode, episode. That's right. Um, so yeah, he she's the imperial supervisor who is in charge of that sector and she's trying to get, you know, in on this new case of uh I forget what they said the new case was, but she's trying to get in on it and they're just they keep pushing her away saying no, 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 you you're just trying to stack your portfolio and you know, there's you could tell there's a little bit of conflict between this one officer or supervisor and her. And that that's there's a there's a problem in like this giant meeting they have with like tw- like probably fifteen or twenty imperial supervisors, uh, with another officer, and you know they have a meeting and there's you could tell that there's some tension in that meeting, and uh, it really mirrors to me the tension from A New Hope, when they are first talking about that uh, disbanding the Senate, and that's what it really mirrors to me is like you know. Where they're telling like Vader's kind of beefing with them, and Tarkin's kind of beefing with the other members, and uh, it, it kind of mirrors that to me. And I didn't really think of it when I was watching it, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's same kind of round table, guys standing on the edge of the table talking, whatever. So it mirrors that for me, and you can tell there's a conflict between all these officers, and it could lead to some problems down the line. Not that I think it's I think it's not conflict, but it looks like the the leader, the major that's running that uh, yeah. meeting, he's just kind of tired of the incompetence because he 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 relegates the one officer sector to another person because he was incompetent. Yeah, and then obviously he had some choice words to say for Deidre when she tried to. 
kind of get her toes and kind of toes in the water with yeah. these, these other sectors because these she's like, well, my part that was stolen from my sector is now in this sector, so technically I should be involved. I have jurisdiction here. Yeah, and then she they just kind of shoot her down, say nah, dog, and. She doesn't like it, which is fair. She's right. I mean, she's technically she's right, but yeah. And then obviously, her her supervisor after the other gentleman walks out, like kind of hypes her up, says like, you know, I like what you're doing with X, Y, and Z. Keep up the good work. That's yeah. why we bring in officers like you. Yeah. And then and you, you know, tell she kind of smirks in that moment. She's like, yeah. And you, and you kind you find out, you know, obviously we tell that she's going to take an interest in Andor because he stole the part yeah. from her sector. I mean, it's just so, natural like progression. Yeah. Of story. So now she's obviously gonna. Want to get? I mean, she's already prying as it is, so she's going to be more involved. Yeah, she, so. I mean, she's prying with minimal evidence. When she finds out who he is, she's not going to stop. I feel like she, in the end, I, just a theory. I think in the end, she's going to realize that she's wrong. Like she's diehard like Empire right now, but I think by the end of the series, she's going to have a great character development, and she's going to realize that she's wrong, and she's going to like sacrifice herself. To like save somebody in the rebellion, and like I just it's a gut it's a gut feeling like she had it's a gut feeling, and I hope it comes true. Um, Somebody bookmark this because when he's wrong, I'm gonna laugh in his face. Oh, dude, you're damn right. I'm gonna be copy pasting this this clip to, <laughs> um, whatever. But yeah, so you know we know the rebellion's starting to organize. She points it out. They say no, um, but then there is a couple other uh, mentions here where they talk about shipments. Of materials going to Scarif. That was Mon Mothma, I believe, who mentioned that to Luthien. Um, they talk about shipments of material going to Scarif. No, they um. So or was that Imperial? No, I, the, I can't no, no they talked about that during the Imperial meeting. That's what oh, so that, okay. that, that uh, kind of what I was preluding in, like kind of like the introduction. Yeah. Is that meeting really, really opened up your eyes to what's going on in the Empire? Yeah. So five BBY. A lot of small stuff. Obviously, the Death Star isn't completed yet. Because we're still five years away from the Death Star being fully operational and being used in Rogue One, we don't know where the Death Star currently is. You know, I, we know it was originally being built on Geonosis. Yeah, but maybe it got relocated for parts. Maybe it's sitting in Scarif right now, where the plans are for everything are. You know, Scarif's a very secure base. Yeah, you know they have the planetary shield. They have the you know that ring. They have a bunch of star destroyers there. I mean, it's very possible that the Death Stars right now are being built. Yeah, and uh, they had the giant radio tower there like, with all the information. Like like you said, it's a very secure place, and there's no reason why they wouldn't put the Death Star there. Maybe Geonosis at this point has become not as secure anymore. Maybe the Geonosians are starting to like not like Imperial control, and so they're kind of fighting back. I don't know. The little bugs might not like it, but... Who knows, you know, but they say there's a shipment of materials going to Scarif, a big shipment. So it could be Death Star materials. It could just be a one-off mention just to tie in Scarif again. We don't really know, but we are hoping that it's some Death Star material and that, because it's a great way. Maybe we'll get like a... story ends there. It's a really may, great way. Maybe we get a cool shot of the Death Star being built, you know, since we are getting some Imperial point of view. It'd be kind of interesting. It'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I would just, I, I, it, like that's, Scarif is where Andor's story ends, so it would be cool to see them kind of toss it in there and be like, hey, you know, Scarif, haha. And then he dies there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we also, uh, kind of going back to that security briefing, we do get a little bit more uh, information about our mall cop friend, our deputy director. Yes. So, uh, I mean, we, we're, we're assuming that this happens on Morlano 1. Um, you see Imperial officers going around. We see it looks like maybe 
not it looks like it, I I thought it was Death Troopers. Uh, they looked a little but, thin to me. They but, looked a yeah, little. They, thin. they had the black armor though. That's yeah, they were definitely in all black, but we couldn't tell what they really were. Until... They could be. They could have been Dark Troopers. I don't know, dude. Dark Troopers are really rare, though. We haven't had any mention of Dark Troopers since Battlefield One. Yeah, dude. I don't so, know. It's. <sighs> I'm sorry, Battlefront One. I, I apologize. But you know, it could be. It could be the the random Dark Troopers. Now, the only thing is, though, Deidre is known to have a attachment of Death Troopers accompanying her at some point, and she has her own Star Destroyer later in the series, which, which is confirmed. Uh, oh, or, okay. Not, I'm sorry, not Star Destroyer. It's a Imperial Cruiser or something. Oh, it's maybe not a, as big as a, a light cruiser. Maybe not as big as a Star Destroyer, it's probably but some the kind of cruiser in, is confirmed. It's the one we see in Rebels. It's a light cruiser. Uh, maybe something that... Agent Callus like, like, has one, Like too. Inferno Squad had one of those? Yeah, so the Governors... um, A, a bunch of the Governors have them. So, like, in Rebels, Governor Price has one. Uh, Governor... So one of the, a couple of, the governors get like these light cruisers. They're like basically like mini star destroyers. Basically, they're like pretty small. I mean, we say small. They're fucking giant, but you know, small, bigger than most other ships, but small, a lot smaller than a, death, uh, a star destroyer. Yeah. So I mean, she, you know, like there's these dark troopers accompanying this random officer for the Imperials. He's interrogating the, you know, the deputy director, the director, and then the obviously the the uh, the Orish officer. Yeah, the officer uh, who we really love, the 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 chubbier fellow. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's so cool. we that he's debriefing them, and, and essentially he just says that um, the Preox Morlena <laughs> sector is under permanent imperial control. Mm-hmm. What that means going forward, I don't know. But if anything with Star Wars, if it's mentioned in any way, shape, or form, it has some relevance later on in the series. <clears throat> yeah. So maybe we get a gang of rebels that comes out of the sector now, now that it's un- not so longer under independent control, it's under imperial control. You know, it, it, it could it could tie in a few things. We don't know. Yeah, we'll find and, out. and maybe we find out that the imperials aren't as good as patro- at patrolling as the... These corporate sectors. Yeah, the, that corporate could have been, but... Um, you know, Coruscant really hasn't changed much in this series than from what we know in the past. I mean, it's still the head of no, it was it was pretty cool to get uh, and it was pretty cool to get a glimpse of Coruscant and you know since it's been like fifteen years. Yeah, and the kind of underworld that it is. I mean, you got the collector who is he has all these ancient relics and like he's he's we know he's leading a double life, so he can't be there very often. Like this place has got to be like he's got to know some people to keep this place secure because. He's got all these ancient relics that are worth all this money because the the driver even says, I can't afford anything in here. So this place has to be under security because they would have got robbed by now. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously the probably the assistant sits there in case, you know, Merlane, uh, obviously uh, maybe like Ma, uh, Ma Matha comes and visits and maybe drops off some information or something along those lines. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it could be a little, little I mean, we know it's a little front for information uh, just for, for Luthen to use. Uh, but I mean, Mon Mothma. Let's talk about her for a little bit. This bitch is rich as hell, dude. She has her house is insane. A fine house, bro. It's I mean, she's got like bonsai trees just like growing in a room. Gold her, chains. Her kitchen table was the size of my room, dude. It's it's absurd. It's honestly uh, it's, it's ridiculous. She's got a great like. Fucking view of the city, giant like circle like couch in her living room Dude, that you absurd. see down the hall. It's absurd. She has a personal driver and a nice ass car. Dude, and all these like there's like seven servants just, w- just standing there walking around. 
there was she know, yells the one she yeah because she's <laughs> she's scolding her husband who yeah. uh uh by the way imperial sympathizer he's um, he definitely gives off vibes of imperial oh, yeah, sympathizer. he's like oh i invited over some of your uh people that were pissing you off <laughs> yeah the ones that come who, eat the dinner. ones who fuck with you in in the senate yeah we're gonna bring them over to have them for dinner it's like dude really but uh you know a couple like interesting comment like bits in that conversation though um, you know, apparently the Empire shut off trading lanes to certain areas of the galaxy. Which are going to make people starve. Starve, which could be potential more uprisings. You know what, dude, now that you say that, like, I heard it in the episode, but I didn't really think about it. Now that you say that, in Rebels, that's a, a bunch of what the Rebels, the, you know, the Ghost Crew does. They bring food to sectors that Imperial control has cut off and you know the trading lanes that they've covered up they go in and they bring food and medics and you know all like the medical supplies all that stuff to these sectors who have been cut off so we could be tying in to see ghost crew dude if if we get if we get Hera and Sabine and Chopper cuz Chopper was already shown in Rogue One so was the ghost and Hera is mentioned Harrison Doolis. They well, say they call maybe, Captain Maybe Sindula. we do get a tie-in, dude. I you would know, like, lose my fucking. Like I said, mind. Like, there's a lot of like, like I said, there's a lot of conversation in this episode that if you do not pay attention to, yeah, you're gonna miss. And like, there's so many connections to different shows and to different parts of the galaxy, and you know, different areas that are gonna re- eventually rebel. You know, a lot of places in the outer rim and um, the territories unknown that the Empire doesn't control or wants to mess with. You know, like, once the Empire is done with you, they just cut off your shipping lanes and they let you starve. Yeah, you know, pretty and much. And once that, they take your resources, they're just like, all right, we're done with you here. Yeah, they mine the planet dry. They take what they need and they're on their, on their way. You know, it takes a lot of materials to build Star Destroyers. And, and Death Stars. stars. <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> Which, um, you know, I, I, again, you know, just because it's Andor, I'm watching Rogue One again. And when you get the view of the Death Star... And there's a Star Destroyer floating in front of it. It looks like a fly on the side of a BMW. Dude, and Death Stars are and Star Destroyers are a mile fucking long. And the and the Death Star just makes it look like a, a, a fruit fly on your windshield. It's like, dude. As I'm staring at my my four foot long Lego Star Destroyer. <laughs> like I don't think like people really understand like the the actual scale in the Star Wars universe. Like if you've ever watched like the videos on like YouTube of like you know uh, Star Wars ships to scale and like they compare them to like New York, like dude, Star Destroyers are like three times the size of like Manhattan Island, like the Manhattan like strip. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. ridiculous. Like the Death Star is so absurd, like ridiculously large. That's why I feel like we definitely need to see it in this. Just give me just even if it's like just a pan across, like oh dude. Yeah, like just you I'll know, lose my shit. Quick, like a quick view of just the Star Destroyer over Scarif. I feel like Geonosis. that's what this series is for, though. Like it's to tie in to this story and attach it to the larger story of Andor, which is like, he dies because of the Death Star. Like he dies basically at the hands of the Death Star, so there's no reason to not see the Death Star in his series. He almost dies in the Death Star twice. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, dude, <laughs> just give me, give me more, man. Give me more Death Star. Um. I mean, the Death Star literally only gets like probably fifteen minutes of screen time like, throughout from its the entire outside. life. Yeah, yeah. The, and the and the majority of it is the trench run. Yes, like yes. if you take away the trench run, it has like maybe a minute. Like when you when you mention Star Wars, okay, there's three things that pop in your head. Okay, 
lightsabers, Darth Vader, and the Death Star. Okay. Yeah. So much. and the fact that we only get fifteen minutes of the Death Star across its entire lifespan is a fucking atrocious. And, and you know what's the, even crazier is that like Vader himself doesn't even get that much screen time. Like he gets a lot, but like not as much as some other characters. Like I, I would, I would, I this might be crazy. Might maybe out, might be off base. But I think Han and Leia might get more screen time than Vader across oh, the yeah. three original trilogy With movies. Leia, without a doubt. Han Solo, I mean... Leia, you think so? Oh, yeah. Dude, Han was huge in episode four. Like, they showed a lot of Han. True. I mean, you know, the practically the first 45 minutes of the movie is Han walking around in a, as a stormtrooper and then, in the Death Star. And then in episode five, like, the majority of that movie is about, like, him going into... Uh, carbonite. Carbonite, yeah. And then, ep- and then episode six begins with rescuing his ass. So, uh, it's just. I think I think his metal scene at the end of episode four is probably longer than Darth Vader's screen time. Dude, it's like I'm telling you <laughs> that he he might have more screen time than Darth Vader. Um, it's just, dude. I, give me more. Give me more of everything. Give me more Death Star. Give me more. Like, Death Troopers. like right now we're watching a, the the part in Rogue One where the Death Star just shoots a city and everything is going absolutely nuclear right now on this planet. Like like the planet is literally cratering, but not just like a small crater, like the entire fucking like planet. You can see it from space significantly. Like they're all watching this on the Death Star going Huh, that's pretty cool. Ooh, that's a that's a big wave. It's like yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, on the ground, you're seeing this absolute destruction. <laughs> I, I and you know it's just like I said. This if this is about you know the whole problem with the rebellion. Well, not the problem. Like, the reason why the rebellion started was because the Death Star blew up um, Alderaan. Like that really sparked the rebellion because now they have this that really gave killing them, weapon that gave them a drive. Like, they were already started, but they didn't really have any reason to act yet. And then they blew up Alderaan. Yeah, the, and you're and like, the, Empire's hmm. like, the Empire's like, hey, listen, um, we're just going to kill you now. And, and they blow up, like, a majority of the Senate who's there on Alderaan. Yeah, they they blew up Alderaan. They disbanded the Senate. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the, the Death Star is such a driving point for the Rebellion. Obviously, outside of the Empire being a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but... We just don't see enough of it, and I think Andor is the perfect opportunity, you know, showcase this premiere thing in Star Wars. Show us, show us more of just them building it, just like mundane, stupid shit, bro. I just had like Go a on. little, a little brain blast. So remember in the, in one of the first three episodes, you see them like taking apart like the ships. Could that be like them dismantling other ships for parts for the Death Star? It could be. I mean, they they had the same kind of like body, like like face style, like for the they the, were the all outer gray, part. like <laughs> gray. You know, there's random trenches and. I feel I like know. it definitely could have been them dismantling like old like Republic, old Republic ships, ships and just you know, like Republican sending them cruisers. off to, to Scarif or wherever to get built into the Death Star. Uh, but final topic, I know you wanted to talk about this. Paul Blart's mother just smacking his oh, ass yeah. across the face. Yeah. Well, that between between my my honorable mentions here, Paul Blart's mother and the goats. Oh little, yeah, the goats. Forgot goats. about the goats. I love the little goats. Oh, also, dude, the AK forty seven finally the, gets its appearance. Oh yeah, they, so we have Paul Blart's mom smack the shit out of him. 
We have little black goats that are adorable. Yeah. And we have uh, the appearance of the AK-47. The uh, That everyone had an uproar about when the trailer came out. Which, honestly, until they shoot it at this garrison... I want to. I want to know if it's is a laser it bullets or is it a, is it a blaster? I, I want to know if it's a blaster. Like, come I, on, man. I hope it's a blast. That'd be a cool ass like tie-in, dude. That I would just love it, dude. Like, I would love it. Um, but yeah, like other than that, dude. Like, this episode got a lot more interesting. Like, we were still like when it ended, we were like, oh man, we wanted more. Like, yeah, this was the first episode of Andor that I was like, interesting. I need another episode. The end. Like, I want another episode. Yeah, like, now right I'm now. like, okay. Give me more, like yeah, like like sh- like I I want to see another episode, like right meow. Yeah, like the last three episodes. If I ever rewatch Andor, which now there might be promise to, but after the like I'm not rewatching the first three episodes. I'm starting with episode four, because this was the first episode where there's a lot of details that you could, you can miss. You can go back and rewatch it just to find yeah, like, them. I, I actually sat up in my chair for a second there because I was like, okay, like this is getting a little interesting. Yeah, like there was some stuff that was like, okay, they're throwing some cool references. They're showing some cool stuff. I mean, definitely, you know. And like, I don't, here's the important part. I don't think it was fan service either. No, it I wasn't think it was, fan service at all. It I was think it was completely serving like, the story. It's 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 purposes the story and driving the story only. Yeah, it definitely was for the plot. Like there was like they didn't have to mention Scarif. And I but think, it was necessary for the plot. I th- I do think though that Andor is proving what I thought it was. I don't think it's a show about Andor. I think it's a show about the rebellion. It's a show about the rebellion and the political. I think it's a show about the political side of the rebellion. Which is why I think you're gonna see more Death Star. I think you're gonna see more. I think it's why they're mentioning these other random planets or these other uprisings and other areas and other you know conflicts. Obviously, that Deidre like pointed out. You know, so I I, th- I think this is going to be the show that I thought it was going to be when we talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, so w- until today, I wasn't really thinking about this, but now that we mentioned a lot about the Death Star, we're talking a lot about the Death Star, I mean, the Death Star was a driving force as to why the Imperial Senate was disbanded. Like, they didn't need it anymore. They had their ability to take over and not and enforce what they had to without using the Senate. So there isn't, I mean, if we're going to sh- have a show that's about the Imperial Senate, and the rebellion, the two things that are impacted the most, or the one thing that impacts both of those topics the most, is the Death Star. So there's no reason to not show it in this series in some capacity. And uh, so, just to just to clarify, because I want you guys to be aware of this, um, from Episode Three to Rogue One, there's only one mention of the Death Star, and that is when. Um, Dooku, well, I guess not really episode two, uh, when Duke, the, the Geonosian king hands Dooku the plans, the plans. of the Death Star. Yeah. So, so that's in live action. Yes. So in we I'm, Rebels, uh, well, they that's do a, have a little bit, but. A little it. bit, but that's what I mentioned. They show, you know, so. they show a, a, a kyber crystal the size of a fucking pool table. So you have episode two, and episode Saul three, sees that with his eyes. Rogue One. So essentially almost three films without mentioning the Death Star. Yeah. So, and like I said, I think at first, a thing such as uh, a driving force that people talk about with Star Wars, the Death Star, I think that it should be shown more in this and show. it wasn't shown in Obi-Wan, right? No, it was not. It was not shown. It was not mentioned. Wow, that's crazy. And that's, that's including crazy. that we, we also saw the, we heard the emp- Emperor. That's kind of wild, Saw right? the Emperor and Darth Vader. No mention of the Death Star. It's kind of wild, right? Very wild. Like, like, this, like, <laughs> like that's where Obi-Wan dies. Vader dies on the second one. The Emperor dies on the second one. 
dies with air quotes. He dies, yeah. But, you know, he, he technically does die. Like, that body, like, he dies. His body's there. dead, yes. Yeah. Um, his soul Be- lives on. Oh, my God. Speak of the Death Star, Jesus. Dude, like, oh, my God, dude. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> that thing is massive. Makes absolutely no sense. You know what I never understood, bro? How can these dudes, right? You know, you probably know the scene. When, when you first see the green blast, like, powering up, the dudes who are just sitting, like, in the fucking office that's just next to the green beam as it goes by them, how are they not fried to death? They're, like, two feet from this fucking beam. It's because they have these the coolest helmets I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but, like... I mean, dude, the guy... I mean, listen, there's... There's two of them. There's two versions of them. I always wanted the second one. The first version is just the long one that has the open face that you yeah. can see. Then the cool one is the sh- is the long one that's the full helmet. Yeah, that is badass. And if I have, if whenever I get a house on my own, buying I, one. I'm buying one. <laughs> and it's going to be going right right on the wall. Dude, it's just like I, either that or they're going to add it to the the Lego helmets collection. Yo, if they, I'm buying that. ASAP. I have every helmet that they've released, so and I don't. Be, I would gladly add it to my collection. The only reason I'm like hesitant to buy some of the other helmets is because I've built them with you, and they're a pain in the balls to build. Oh, they're 100. Like the pain all the black balls. one. Is that which one is that? That was the Death Trooper, dude. That's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I don't ever want to build that thing again. Every piece is black. There's like two sprinkles of red, and that's it. Yeah, and that's the eyes. It's like it's, it's like so cool. So you have black, you have glossy black, you have flat black. Black with the logo. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Such a cool piece, though. And then the Mando one's all gray. The Mando one, the Mando one actually black. wasn't terrible. The, I think the, the hardest one... And then Vader's all black. The hardest one by far was Luke Skywalker. Those yellow two pieces dude, were Dude, you, you struggle with those. They I actually brutal. didn't struggle that hard nope, with those. That's because I warned you about them. The Death Trooper one, that to me is the... Yeah, because you have to build the Death Trooper. That's why I don't think it's the difficult one. <laughs> yeah, I watched you build that's, it. Dude, you were done the Mando helmet. And I'm sitting there like fucking... I don't know where the pieces are at, dude. They're not going together. That was um, before I built the Star Destroyer, though. Yeah. I and built the Star Destroyer in three days. That's that's really impressive for doing it alone. That was brutal. My eyes hurt after a while. Yeah, because you're staring at a fucking gray blob. It, the, it took up my entire like Kitchen dining table. room table. Oh, uh, dining room table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I built it in the dining room. Yeah, dude. But like I said, the, the, these episodes are getting more interesting. And we wrote on this, how can we get through eight more episodes of this? But... Honestly, now that we've talked about I mean, it, I, th- I, I can't. I'll be honest with you. I kind of put that down as a meme. Yeah. I was like, but here's the thing. I need, I want. I don't know what it needs. I That's need, my problem. I, I, here's the thing. All right. If, if all the episodes are going to be like this, I now need the episodes to be longer. I need hour long episodes. I need hour. Like, what was this episode? 40 something like, minutes? It was like half an hour, like 40 minutes. There's no way, dude. It felt so long. It, it did, but it I'm didn't. Like, I'm like, how is this episode not over yet? I'm like, I feel like I've been watching this shit it, forever. It ended so abruptly. It was just like, we're done. Yeah, it was like, it was like yeah, we're going to go on this mission. You need to learn this in a day. Boom, end the episode. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it, like, what I didn't like is that it, the, the description of the episode is that, you know, we go on Andor mission. assaults this garrison. You're like, okay, cool. We're and like, then cool, you're, I'm going to watch We're this. waiting for this to happen. All of a sudden, it's just like, episode's over. I'm like, fuck. Right, are you kidding like, me? We're just going to give you the plan for it. It's like, are you kidding me right now? He has to learn this fucking native language in, in three days. He has to learn the or language. No, by the next morning. He has to learn the language, the base layout, and how to fly a freighter. So he has to learn days. the language in one night. My, mean, mean, meanwhile, these dudes are going to bed, and he has to learn this language overnight so yeah, they can be like, ready for it like in the morning. Master this in the morning, please. And then, and then the you. next day, they got to do training, and then he needs to learn the airfield, the 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 sky that he has to, the trajectory he has to leave at. With the exact time he has to leave, the layout of the garrison, the layout of the ship, the controls of the ship. 
I mean, while where we're the payrolls wa- at? Like, <laughs> while we're talking about this planning stage, their like model for this airbase was so cool. I was it, like, honestly, I was like, I was, I was, I was like, okay. I was like, I lo-, you know, they yeah, like you the, can tell they've been there for a long time. Yeah, like they had like the outside. They they, they picked up the they lid. Picked, it showed the, the interior yeah. of it, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. It was like, all right, yeah, these are you know, mo- nice little model makers, and I guarantee the model makers for the show were like, what the fuck? I got to yeah, build. Why this. do I have to design this? Are you kidding me? For I mean, for, look- for I mean, how long do you think it took him to build that for the three seconds of screen time ahead? Dude, like I always say this, I'm like, oh, it, c- it couldn't take that long. But if you ever seen these dudes, like, have you watched the uh, the full documentary on ILM? No, I have not. Dude, if you watch that, you have so much more appreciation for the filmmakers behind Star Wars. Like the first like three episodes of that are just all based on Star Wars. Like it is, it's fucking the, awesome. The prop directors are crazy. Like you, you'll see like and the like, costume designers. Like, I have this book. You've seen the book. Oh, dude. I it goes, like, book. behind the scenes of love Star Wars. Book. And, like, you can see, like, all the props that George Lucas used. And I'm like, wait, that was the star That star they put on uh, on, on screen? And you I'm know like, what's oh, wild shit. is, like, dude, they just shot the trench run, like, in broad fucking daylight. Like, there was no soundstage. There was no lights. Like, they literally just rolled it out into the parking lot, took a camera, and rolled it by at 25 miles an hour. That's and then awesome. sped the footage, footage up by, like, two times. That's great. I love that. Like, bro, they that's all they did. They literally just they, they put it in the back of a pickup truck, the camera rig with a stabilizer, and then just rolled by the trench run at like 25 miles an hour. <laughs> like, that's how they got the trench run, in broad daylight. That's why, like, it's so, it, it's so insane to think that it doesn't look like that when you're watching the movie, but that's how they shot it. It's like, how did that become that? It's, it's fucking it's so cool. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, episode four, I enjoyed it. And it's giving me more hope for the next eight episodes than episode three gave me for the next nine. Yeah, like I think me, me and you were talking about a pre-show about the social media reaction to Andor. Yeah. And uh, me, me, we kind of debated on it. We were like, is the commentary we're seeing, is it based off of the first three episodes or is it based off the whole season? And... The critics were saying this is the best Star Wars show we've had in a while. Yeah. Yada yada yada. It's like it's really good. Now, if they're basing off the thir- first three episodes, they need to wake up. Yeah, I completely but disagree. If they include episode four, and if we get more of episode four in these upcoming episodes, I might have to agree with them. This might be one of the better Star Wars series we've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, so when I've I've mentioned this in the Andor pre-show podcast. I mentioned this in the, the Tales of the Jedi Mandalorian Andor show, um, which was our last episode. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and take a listen. It's on our profile. Uh, but uh, they did this rollout where the guy said, you know, it doesn't give any fan service. It's just a, it's a really grounded espionage story. They rolled out the first four episodes, and they said the three, first three episodes serve as their own arc, and then the fourth episode starts the new arc. So... Episode four did start new arcs. I agree with them. That that description of what they gave was spot on. We've talked about every point here today. They didn't give fan service just for the fact of giving fan service. It would serve the plot, which we talked about. They said that in the interview. I agree. Episode three serves as its own arc. It did. It was slow, but it did. And episode four starts a new arc. It did. That in that what I what I looked at was spot on to what we have got so far. And I am. Honestly, we came into this with pretty medium expectations. The first three episodes were lowered my expectation by like tenfold. This has shot them back up to around like the mid level. And if the next episode is as good as this one, my expectation is going to go up even higher. 
yeah, I think I think next episode we're gonna see probably the. I don't think we're going to see the attack on the base next episode. I think we're going to see more preparation, more prep, training. Yeah. I think we'll get some more developments of Mon Mothma and the, what's going on in the Senate. Maybe some more about Lutheran's double life. I mean, because mm-hmm. obviously they don't show us any trailers the next episode. You know, no. we, we can always we could just obviously speculate. They drop like the day before, like on Tuesday. I think they drop on like like Instagram, Twitter, all this. They drop like a like a uh, ten or fifteen second like little like snippet, and that's it. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I mean, I'd be surprised. Now, here's the thing, though. If they give us the attack on the base next week, I think the timeline for this show is going to be accelerated farther than I expected. Um, now, it, it like, all depends. Like, are we expecting, uh, I don't know. Like, what I'm trying to get at here is if we get the garrison attack next week, I think that we're going to see a more broader range of the rebellion. I think we'll see a more broader range of... A timeline. I think um, maybe even stretching a couple years over this twelve episode season. I don't know if it'll be that long because, like, well, I'm, uh, and like, I, I'm pretty sure they've already confirmed. Se- uh, not already confirmed, but whispers of season two are confirmed. Oh no, I think it's been uh, confirmed. Um, I think it, it has uh, been confirmed. Well, I'll have to double check like Twitter and like my my sources. But um, if it has been confirmed, then I mean, maybe this season gives us the first two years. Of the rebellion, and then maybe the next season gives us the last three before obviously Andor's death. Yeah, before Rogue One and all um, that. In Rogue One, so like on where do BBY. they? So where do they end off? Like if they if there is a season two, if there's not, how, like where do they end off Andor's story before we see him in Rogue One? Like do they just kind of like leave it blank? It's like he walks away from this whatever he's doing right now, and then like the next time we see him is just in Rogue One. Or do they like directly do what Rogue One did with A New Hope and lead it right into him being on that planet where he shoots the guy in the back? That would be a cool way to like end it off. Um, it, it's I don't know. It's it's interesting because like like if they do like what they did in Rebels with Obi Wan, where like they end the last time you see him in Rebels is right after spoiler if you haven't seen Rebels Twin Sons episode. Go watch it, come back, or if you're not worried about spoilers, here it is. It's been out for like five years. You should have already seen it. He kills Maul, and then you see like the at the end of the episode, you hear Baru calling for Luke, dinner, you know, and then he tells Luke to come over. It's in A New Hope, but you see it from Obi-Wan's perspective, and they kind of end his story there, and they let it move on. Are they going to do that with Andor, and just kind of like, that's the last time you see him, and then like, you know, you'll see him in whenever his next project is, which would be Rogue One, timeline-wise. Or do they like directly take you to that planet and say, "This is where he's at. <laughs> this is what he's doing. This is his mission." Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to see like what he was doing up t- up until that point. You know, I think that'd be a pretty cool way to like end it off. So, like, if um, it's me, dude, if it's me, and I was doing this series, I would end it off where like, you know, Luthen gives him one last dying mission. Right, Luthen's dying. He gives him one last mission, and then you know you see Andor w- he lands on the planet. You know, you have cin- yeah, like, great like Luth- cinematic like, music. Yeah, like Lutheran's like, I heard of a of a battle station plan. Yeah, yeah the 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 Go figure it out. Whatever. The person's <laughs> on X Y Z planet. I can't remember the planet Saul Guerrero's on when he dies in Rogue One. Uh, I believe it's Jeddah. Jeddah, Jeddah. Yeah. So he's like, oh well, you know, there's a there's a spy in Jeddah with crucial information, and then you know, yeah, that's where it ends or something. I don't yeah, know, that'd be and then like, cool. dude, and then you see like, imagine this, right? You see, you know, he's a great pilot, so he can pilot his own ship. He flies in with K2SO. He lands on whatever oh, this, planet the it is. The story of getting K2SO needs we to be need in to this. We need to see that in Andor, It needs right? to be in this. 
I, it has to be. But you see him land on like great cinematic music playing some real good John Williams Star Wars music, right? You see him come in, he lands, you see him walk off the ship from like a distance, and then the last shot is like the camera is just like steady, like still, and you see him walk up and the, and it just like kind of closes as like as he walks into the camera basically. Like it zooms into his eyes and then like boom, cut to black. Like you see that that like determined look and it cuts to black. And then, like the next time you see him, timeline wise, is the beginning of Rogue One. I feel like that would just be a great. Or, way to end or it. they end it with, uh, they end it with like I don't know, maybe there's like a, there's like an explosion or something, and then it like zooms into the explosion and then fades out, and it's him uh, on Scarif. <laughs> that'd be crazy. That, you know, that'd be a cool way to end it. You know, leave it like, like up to the open. Like, where does he go after this? No, no, no. Like what I'm saying is, is like maybe there's like a, there's some kind of explosion before he meets. Um, the guy on Jetta, mm-hmm. so it pans into the explosion, right for a second, yeah, and then it zooms out of the explosion. It's him on the beach with Jin on Scarif. Oh, he's so like, like remembering. Yeah, it's, he or, really it's remembers like his life. or it's like it's like yeah, it's like fast. You know, that'd be pretty cool. That would be a cool way to show that. Yeah, you know, like or, you know, something along those lines. Just dude, just give us fucking something, man. Oh man. All right, dude. I think hey, we uh, covered everything. Hey, Disney, you're welcome for the billion dollar idea. Yeah, we're way. just you're you know we're just two guys. Who, yeah, you know. uh, you've got my phone number. You let me know. You can give me a call anytime. Find us sure. on Twitter. Yeah, seriously. Uh, at the Daily Dose. We tweet. At, at J Bones. <laughs> we tweet every single time there's a new episode, so go ahead, check it out. Uh, and definitely, guys, follow us on uh, Twitter, AE Podcast. Uh, follow us on. I don't know if I put any more social medias on for uh, that. Boo. I think just Twitter. You need a Facebook so I can actually like share your posts. Yeah. I need to make an A because uh, I mean Facebook. we're we're literally making an, we're gonna be making episodes of this for the next like year and a half at least. Dude, so, like, I, uh, I literally just like know? post them on my like personal page, like <laughs> yeah, and I share. Which them. is good because I have like a following there, but like it's not good because it's like my personal page. Like I don't really need yeah, all the you want you want to keep page. business and pleasure you know separate. Yeah, I mean, not that I really give a fuck, but you know, I'm a fucking savage. But <laughs> either way, guys, if you did enjoy this episode, you know. We went a little longer than I was expecting to go. I didn't think we were going to get an hour out of I, this. I didn't think we were going to get an hour out of this episode either. But, you know, it's after we sat down and kind of went through the notes, I was like, okay, there's actually like, a lot to talk about. We actually do have a lot to talk about. And then we kind of had you know, a couple of tangents, but that's that's the podcast format around here. This is what we do. Anything we we are goes. passionate for this fucking content, okay? So this is what you're going to get. Deal with it. I hope you enjoyed this, man. I mean, we have – oh, every time we come out here, we have a great time filming it. Uh and you know it's always so. Yeah, enjoyable. I think next week I'll, I'll we'll do better snacks. I mean, I'll like, provide like a wing platter or something. Dude, maybe yeah. like what we did last week. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, oh, those wings were so <laughs> dude. good. Dude, oh man. But listen, um, Applebee's double crunch bone in wings. Dude, bro, f- and a couple, couple baskets of fries, dude. Turn me up. If the fries weren't ice cold, they probably would have been better. Yeah, no, they're I don't understand. Applebee's is five minutes in my house. How the fuck were they cold? Bro, Seriously? Because the shit probably sat there for ten minutes. Fucking I door dashed today a muffin from Dunkin' and a coffee. Just a muffin? Just a muffin and a coffee. How okay? much did that cost you? $16. Dude, what the fuck? I didn't want to leave Dude, the house. you should have seen. So, if y'all don't know. But, here, but here's, what I'm, here's what I'm trying to get at. The muffin was, was hot. 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 A hot Dude, muffin. you want to hear some crazy shit? Right? Dude orders one tender, right, from my job. One singular extra crispy tender. For for by the way, for those of you guys who don't know, um, Jason works at KFC as an assistant GM, and I'm the GM of an Arby's. So, so <laughs> right, so he orders one extra crispy tender for DoorDash, bro. This shit cost him like seven or eleven dollars, something ridiculous. 
Bro, I was not paying $11 for one fucking tender. You're insane. When I DoorDash, it's either one. I don't have a ride. I don't have my truck. Okay. I'm doing something and I don't want to leave the house. That's the only time I DoorDash. Or three, I'm unable to physically drive. Yeah. Um, the only time I DoorDash is if I don't if I'm doing something and I don't want to leave. Yeah, like today today I was I was fragging in Apex. I was absolutely going ham. So I was like, I'm not leaving the house and getting out of the mojo for coffee and a muffin. Yeah, like last week dude, when we when we DoorDashed well, I actually went on Applebee's app and they sent a DoorDasher. But when I when we DoorDashed the wings, like we were watching the first three episodes, like we couldn't leave the house. Like we had yeah, to there, watch there, yeah, there was no way there we was leave business the house. to do that. We were here until fucking one o'clock in the morning. We were doing work. Yeah, it was like it was like a four hour session yeah, between watching the episodes, uh, watching the episodes, doing the pre show, and then obviously you know, shooting the show. But yeah, man. But if you guys did enjoy this episode, go ahead and follow us over on Twitter. And I'll be making more social media soon so we can give you out some more platforms to go follow. Um, yeah, he'll have them in the comments below once he makes them. Yeah, go ahead. And if you guys have any uh, anything that you want to talk about, there's a poll and a question down below on the episode. Go ahead and see what they are. Maybe give your two cents. You can also leave a voice message on Spotify and on Anchor. And you can tell us what you want to see. And we can actually put that voice message into our next episode so if you guys are still hanging around an hour in, thank you for all your support. And uh, there is other ways to support us soon. We will have, I think by the end of Andor, or sometime soon, we're going to have a blooper episode, which is coming uh, exclusively to our subscription. It's a like $2 monthly subscription where we're going to be dropping every month. I'm going to be giving you guys uh, like a blooper reel from the episodes, kind of like the in-between, the ad breaks, and just any kind of messing around that we do, just so you guys can have a little more to enjoy from us and kind of hear and kind of get to know us a little better. Uh, because obviously in an hour, like we can talk about a lot, but we're talking about content. We're not letting you guys into our, our own lives here. And you'll you'll hear a lot of funny shit on our blooper reel. It's it's actually quite hilarious. Oh, dude, like, every, like I, I told you, every time I'm editing these, I fucking crack up by, like, I'm just, like, scrolling through, you know, listening to it. I'm like, oh, I know, like, we took a break at, like, 20 minutes. So I'll scroll, like, 20 minutes, and then I'll just, like, hear us say something. I just start dying laughing because it, it's just, it, like, I think in the third person back to what it was like in that moment. And it just makes you crack up. Like, this episode, I, I stood away from the mic to let out a massive, Dude, it was massive. massive burp. Honestly, and you it, might hear it on the mic. It, you <laughs> might hear it on the mic, but I'm sure that'll be probably part of the blooper, blooper reel if it didn't Dude, make it Dude, the amount of stuff that's going to be on that blooper reel, and I, I really hope that it comes out good. Um, but like I said, if you guys do want to support us, we'll have more than just the bloopers coming there. Maybe a couple other exclusive episodes you can find there. Um, yeah, maybe we'll, you know, a couple picks, like maybe like uh, our, our random collections of Star Wars stuff. And we have so much Star Wars shit we'd love to share with you guys. And you know, even more than just Star Wars, we have a ton of Jurassic Park, Pirates of the Caribbean, Marvel, DC. Uh, it's it, we. I mean, we we, we deep, we're man. the nerds of the nerds. Okay? Gaming, There's... whatever y'all want to hear, we talk about literally everything. And uh, like I said, tweet us, let us know what you want to see episode wise, and we'll try and accommodate y'all. Um, but anyway, thank you all for tuning in this week. You have any final thoughts before I tune us out here? No, just appreciate you guys listening and supporting the pod. And, you know, we, we want to keep like delivering this great content for you guys. So, um, you know, comment, subscribe, like, you know, share with your friends if you like what you hear today. And we'll see you guys around soon. Yeah, man. Thank you all for tuning in. We love you. Y'all have a great day, night, whatever it is. Peace out.